0: Now, welcome to the Monday Show. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're back in the studio today here at the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the need for. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. Their customer service, second to none. And Charlie Winfield back at it this afternoon. Hey, winning two out of three. Two out of three, as you said a couple weeks ago, last week, meatloaf. Two out of three ain't bad.
1: And this two out of three feels better than last week's two out of three. It all has to do with the alignment, right? Last week, you're playing for a sweep, and you can't pull it off. This week, you lose that first game, you can be a little upset. You're basically getting beat halfway through game two. And then it turns around. You won a couple of games that were a little bit tense, a little bit heated at times but you win another series, you win a series against your rival when they had to feel like they had it in the bag, their biggest weekend of the year,
0: yeah, it feels good. We're coming off a national championship. They're returning so many guys in that lineup. We have not played well. We lost that opening weekend against Long Beach State. Of course, they sent out the tweet saying, hey, we didn't lose on opening weekend. This was a good chance for Ole Miss to kind of – get back at their rival a little bit. Double-decker weekend. And then we go in there, and, hey, they pitch it well with DeLucia on Thursday night. He was outstanding. And then he went on Friday, and then you come back on Saturday. Three-run home run from Hunter Hines. Kind of got you some separation. Ole Miss able to come back and get back in it. Uh, Wasted some more beer there in the ninth inning. And then, hey, Brad Cumbas, hey, let's get it out of the way. We normally talk all the time about our Heartland Catfish Player of the Weekend, and no doubt our Player of the Weekend this past weekend is the SEC Player of the Week in Brad Cumbas.
1: No debate. No debate at all in my mind over who this is. And, you know, any time Brad Cumbas comes up, I'm not sure whether we should start with the fact that he had seven hits on the weekend. I'm not sure if we could go to the fact that he hit the home run that effectively gave you the win in the Saturday game. Or if you just don't step back, for all the talk about, you know, do we develop guys, do guys get better, Brad Combust has gotten better. And I'll be honest with you, I always knew he was athletic. You see a big guy, you just kind of want him to be good. But he's exceeded every expectation that I had for him. Think back to
0: Brad Combust two years ago,
1: and you think about
0: a long swing – you look like He looked like a football player trying to hit, and now, especially on that home run ball in the 11th inning, you saw it in a double in the game on Friday, Friday night, and those were runs that ended up being really big. His hands have gotten fa- faster, and he, at times, can have a quick swing. Instead of that big, long swing, he can pull those hands in, and he's got fast hands, and You look at what he did in that game, what R.J. Yeager did in that game on Saturday, pulling his hands and having quick hands through the song. But I think Brad Cummins, as you said, Charlie, has developed into a a pretty good left fielder in the
1: SEC. Yeah, and you talk about being a left fielder. He's not a liability at all defensively. I mean, the guy goes out there and makes plays. So, I've been really impressed by what Cummins did. I was impressed by his weekend. Now, that last at bat, I'm probably – Uh, swayed in my views a little bit. (laughs) That adds some intensity to the opinion, right? Brad Combust is a really good player. So then you ask yourself, do you keep batting him at the bottom of the order or do you start to slide him up a little bit more? We saw him slide up to sixth. That's the highest we've seen.
0: I don't know. I keep him where he is. I'm almost at the point now where he's seeing pitches – That are really, really good. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. I mean, it's it's almost like you're talking about how, you know, baseball guys, very superstitious. Sometimes we may overthink this. Now, I could see you moving him up, to be honest with you. You could move him up. You can leave him where he is. I've got no problem with it. But, man, we had some big at-bats. I don't think I've ever seen a weekend. We talked about this on Saturday. And, which was so crazy. You were in Atlanta and I was in Indianapolis, and we were all over the world trying to talk about that, those two ball games and And it kind of went back to Saturday as well of it seemed like just about everything that was scored this weekend was off a home run. More than we've ever seen.
1: This weekend was all about the home run ball. And when it got to the ninth, I'm sitting there watching on my phone, and any ball in the air at all, I'm just convinced it's going out, you know, because you've got that little three-inch screen that you're trying to watch a game on anyway. Anything with any lift, you think, well, that's gone, because that had been the story the whole weekend. You know, we've talked about this before. When you watch live stats, it gets ahead of the video feed, particularly if you're watching on a phone or an iPad. So I was at the Marlins-Braves game, and I have the little split screen going. So I'm watching the video. But I'm also moving it around so I can see live stats. And when it turned six to six, I was just absolutely crestfallen. And then the worst thing is you've got Elko coming up. It just felt like at that point we're about to lose this thing. And then to get it to extras to give yourself a chance to swing it again—that was that was pretty cool.
0: You look back at that sixth inning, and we had the lead where we had what, 6-2, to and then 6-3, to McCants walked borderline pitch when we brought the Cam Tuller in the game, and then Calvin Harris came up and hit that fly ball to right field. You talk about every ball hit in the air you think's gone. And Kellum Clark got back to the wall and just kind of ran the wall to make that catch and then gets it back in, and that was the last run that Ole Miss would score because we were able to strike out shot, and Fristo able to get out of that inning, and you still got a lead at that point. I thought that was so big, but – that was one of those balls that stayed in the yard that you thought was going to be gone, and then hey, Fristo, after you know all, all that happened, able to settle in a little bit, and then you get to the ninth, and and Ole Miss, hey, you know Dunhurst let off the inning and fly it out, and then Bench, who who I thought had a pretty good weekend this weekend, Justin Bench had been kind of quiet at the top of the order, he was good, Gonzalez hits the home run, Pico comes out of the game, we go to Casey Hunt. And let me tell you, man, Casey Hunt was not very sharp in the game on Friday, but was really good in the game on Saturday. And it was kind of crazy when you look at Casey Hunt. Then you look at Johnson for Ole Miss. You know, Johnson threw a lot of pitches on Friday. We questioned that on Saturday coffee. And then he came back on Sunday. I thought he was sharper on Sunday after pitching. I thought Casey Hunt was sharper after pitching the day before.
1: Oh, absolutely. I thought he was much better. And I'll flip the script a minute. I thought for sure that oms would not try to bring their closer back. he was pretty good coming back on a second day as well I mean yeah, he ended up going three
0: and two thirds and throwing sixty nine pitches
1: and then the one yeah just the one there <laughs>
0: and then the one was good that was the only hit he gave up. He struck out seven, and he walked one, went three and two-thirds, gave up one run on one hit, and that was Brad Cummins in the 11th inning. And so going on the road, you win two out of three. Hey, it feels great. Now you got to play Ole Miss again tomorrow night, and it looks like we're going to throw Mikey Tepper in that game tomorrow night. And hey, For we, how long? I say you got 12 outs. <laughs> we're not putting anybody in the bullpen. You can give up 15 runs. Your ERA can be 57, and we're not coming to get you. And because what did we say? If you win two out of three on the road, this game doesn't count to us. It, it does count. This game does count. It, this game does mean something. For RPI. For RPI purposes. And that's significant. It is, but let me tell you this. Okay, so you start looking at it, and you start looking at the RPI. And we're going to play Ole Miss in this game you know, tomorrow night. And right now, our RPI is 76, which is up four since last weekend. Ole Miss is RPI 64, so um, let me ask you this question. You start throwing bullpen guys this weekend, you know, tomorrow night, and you try to, try to win this game, go all in, that quote-unquote all in. Missouri this weekend is RPI's 38, so tell me what's bigger. This weekend against Missouri, which is on the road, or RPI 64 at a neutral site. This weekend is a lot more important than tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, and even for reasons beyond RPI, ultimately we need to assure ourselves as quickly as we can that we're going to be in the SEC tournament. We went, we took a big step towards that this weekend, but we got to get there. We we still got to win more games, still got to win more conference games, and ultimately those are what matter. It is, and you start looking at RPI, and now is the
0: time where you can begin to start looking at it because you've got four weekends left. And Missouri is 22 and 15, but their RPI is 38. And you look at what's in front of you, okay? You look at this weekend at Missouri, they're 38. You look in two weeks when you play at home against Florida, who was swept this past weekend at home against Tennessee. And man, talking about had it, had it, had the th- game three locked up. Same situation we had against Friday night against LSU, when you had you know two outs, nobody on base, and then all of a sudden, bam, Tennessee scores. Florida's RPI is 13. Texas A&M on the road, is RPI is 21. And then you've got Tennessee coming here, number one RPI. And so you kind of ask yourself the question, okay, we're 8-10 and 10 in the league. How do we get the RPI of 76? But you start looking back at it, Charlie. Long Beach State right now?
1: Boy, we thought they were better.
0: We thought they were – I mean, they were the, the preseason pick to win the Big West. They're 15-23 and 23 right now. Their RPI is 110, okay? All
1: right, hold on. Don't power through that. That needs some emphasis. Say uh, 15 and 23 with an RPI of 110. Yes. And that's a team who, when they left here, we thought, hey, they're pretty good. It's not so bad that we didn't win. And that's why, and and I know everybody says, well, you can't make a big deal out of it. It's early. Yeah, but you need them to go on and be good like you thought they were going to be.
0: Yeah, and they, and they have not been. They were swept this past weekend against Santa Barbara.
1: What's our guy Ramirez doing out there?
0: He's two and one. He's actually got a pretty good, pretty good ERA. I'm glad you asked that. I actually printed Luis that off. Luis Ramirez. Luis Ramirez, and he right now is two and one. Hasn't pitched a whole lot. Only in seven games this year because he had the arm trouble. Remember, he's thrown thirty three and two thirds, twenty five hits. Uh, 38 strikeouts, 11 walks. Teams batting 197 against him, but he's two and one on the year. One of those wins against Mississippi State. Jack Noble, who came in in relief in that yeah, Sunday game, really, really good. Has us. really pitched well. He, he's been a starter. He's three and four. Uh, Jordan watts Brown is not very good, one and four. But uh, but overall, Devro Harrison, Devro Harrison, closer
1: we talked all about
0: his ERA is 7.43, 20 strikeouts and 15 walks in 23 innings. And so, yeah, you look back to that first weekend, their RPI is 110. And then the second weekend – Hold on, so that actually –
1: one question then on Devro Harrison, because we talked a lot about him being their closer, was a Team USA guy, a guy that was kind of really pumped up as being, you know, an All-American. So then the question becomes, you wonder for some of these guys, if they're just a little tired, you know, this is the – remember they had a summer off, and then they come back, and you wonder having – I don't know. It would be interesting. Yeah, play
0: play ball all year long. Hey, one of the uh, D1 baseball guys had him picked as their pitcher of the year. Of course, one had Landon Sims, too, as well. So, Northern Kentucky the next weekend, you know, we lost that Friday game to Northern Kentucky. Their RPI right now is two twenty eight. I told you, $50 gift certificate at the time. They would be no higher than two hundred. No better than 200. They're 228 right now. That's our only quad four loss. And you ask yourself, okay, what's a quad four loss? That's a loss of 150 plus, okay? That's our only quad four loss. Tulane's RPI right now is 48. Man, you look back to that Saturday and Sunday, losing the 10 inning game on Saturday and then the one running game on Sunday and losing that series against Tulane. That was a chance to really help yourself from an RPI standpoint. They're 48 right now, 26, 14 and 1. Texas Tech is only, you know, forty-three right now. And we were one and one against them. Princeton's RPI is two seventy-seven. Binghamton is two twenty-seven. Georgia, man, losing that twelve eleven game on Saturday was big. Georgia's RPI is five right now. And so you start looking back. That that's the reason your RPI is not as good as you would like. Now, as you said, looking forward, you've got some chance to make up some move make a move because you have teams with high RPIs to come. But Sanford is 177. North Alabama is 274. We need to rain out that night. So that's kind of where you are right now and why you are what you are going here late in the season. But it goes back to the point. Even though Missouri, their overall record is not great, they're in last place in the Eastern Division of the SEC at 5-13. and 13. But their RPI is 38 they got a really good Friday night pitcher. And we'll talk about that Missouri series uh, coming on later on. So, anyway, we took care of business. We did what we had to do. Charlie, um, so much is made of that home run by Brad Cumbest in the game. But, man, you start looking there pitching-wise. Overall, pitching-wise this weekend, I thought we were pretty good.
1: The pitching gave you a chance. You can always go back and say, man, I wish you'd made a better pitch here. I wish you hadn't center cut a fastball here. But had we not, the only time, only time pitching really gave you trouble was Casey Hunt game two, right? Isn't that the, the only outing that you just think, boy, that one really hurt? Yeah, Casey in that second game gave up three
0: runs on four hits and in two innings. But then, as you said, he bounces back the next day, goes two and two thirds, no runs, no hits, nothing. Two strikeouts and no walks. 29 pitches, 21 strikes.
1: That that was as good as Casey Hunt's been all year. I felt like, though, it goes back to one of the things that you had said about him. He just needs his time. He just needs some time on the mound. Let me ask you
0: this question. And this is about to be a little out there, right? And you see Casey Hunt pitch better on day two.
1: No. What? You're either going to say, do you start him this weekend or do you pitch him tomorrow?
0: No, 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 no. I'm about to go deep in the woods with this okay. one. Okay. All right. Is it just me or a guy like Casey Hunt maybe better when he's at 90%? You know what I'm saying? He's not an overthrow. He's not overthrowing. He's
1: pitching more. You, you know what I'm saying? Some guys are a little better when they're got a little bit of tiredness to them. Yeah. I can see that. Maybe you're amped down a little bit.
0: Amp down a little bit. You pitched the day before. You kind of got the feel of the man. Kind of like Johnson, too, for Ole Miss. Instead of throwing 95, you're throwing 91. So many guys are better at 91 than they are 95. There's
1: a lot to that. There are a whole lot of guys who, when they throw harder, it flattens out on them. Or, in the case of Casey Hunt in the middle game, couldn't throw strikes.
0: Yeah, couldn't throw strikes. I think some of us there's a little bit of feel to it, too. And so, coming back there, I've just always thought that, you know, some guys are better – on bounce back days, uh, just because of that, they they throw the 88 instead of the 92. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, going back to Brad Cumbus, Brad of course our player of the week, and he's the SEC player of the week this week. The league announced that later today, earlier today, and so of course uh, that the uh, player of the game brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish, Heartland. Produced right here in the state of Mississippi over in Itabena, And you can get that great heartland catfish at grocery stores throughout the southeast and also great restaurants. We talked about Taylor Grocery the other day. Hey, anytime you go and win two out of three at Ole Miss, you can go up there and eat and it, it tastes better. Everything just it smells better. Of course, it's always good at Taylor Grocery. But they'll cater your meal for you. The fried catfish, the grilled catfish, they do it right at Taylor Grocery just south of Oxford. But uh, it's kind of like in 2009, Charlie. When we beat Ole Miss, you know what I did? I went and watched the blind side. I was like, okay, I can stomach it now. After knowing that we won the game, you know, we won.
1: I've never watched that movie and don't intend to.
0: Well, it's fiction. I mean, it's complete fiction. It's like Bruce Feldman writing that meat market book, you know. It's fiction. You just got
1: to take it for what it is. Yeah, I'm just – Or don't take it at all, which is what I intend to do. So, all right, trust Mark tomorrow down in Pearl. Play Ole Miss. You're the home team. You care, but not too much, I think, is the conclusion that we've come to, right? You care, but not so much that you're going to use. I think tomorrow, let me go ahead and guess. I think based on what we saw, you'll probably see Drew Talley tomorrow. You'll see Mikey Tepper starting the ball game. Maybe see Walling tomorrow. Might. Jack Walker, maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised Walker's not starting the game, but. But I'll say this. I think where we are right now, we just have to manage with the weekend in mind. You, You can't get caught up in the emotion and the whole back and forth with Ole Miss because ultimately, aren't they going to be in the same spot? They are. Maybe they throw a little bit more at it. Maybe it's a little more important to Mike Bianco to be able to say that he split the series with us, you know, for the full season
0: i tell you this, man, and I can't figure them out because I look at their lineup, and then I look at their, their – bull. everybody's talked about their bullpen being bad. I don't think their bullpen was that bad this weekend. I don't think their starting pitching was that bad this weekend. I can't figure out why they're
1: this bad. I can't either. I thought they're – There must be
0: something going on.
1: You felt like their offense would just hit them in the position to win more often than it has, particularly when you look – how often do we talk about the importance of the solo home run? Boy, you put a man on base for a couple of those shots, and it's a different weekend, isn't it? Oh, man, it really is. I mean, they can hit. They just, I don't know, that's a weird, I, I'm like you, Something, something's wrong in the water up there. Yeah. Uh, and, hey, if I knew the answer, I'd keep it to myself.
0: Oh, yeah, I would too. I would, too. Um, yeah, so tomorrow night, Dan at Pearl, we, we're just, before we go in the air, we have just learned that we think the game could be broadcast tomorrow night. It will not be Charlie and I.
1: We think the game could be. We think There's it, a lot of equivocation there.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about, I am washing my hands of this one. We don't know. I have heard that through the back channels and from credible sources. This is not me just making it up or hearing about it from a brother of a cousin on a message board that the Braves are trying to put together a broadcast for the game tomorrow night. Now whether that materializes, I don't know. I do know that
1: Jim's gonna be broadcasting on the radio. Hey, so when we were getting ready to go play Southern Miss, remember we had Scott Barry on to help preview that game. Yep. Do you think maybe we get Mike on tomorrow afternoon? No. And, oh okay. Well No, I mean if no, <laughs>
0: because let me tell you this. I don't think we're going to ask the questions that he wants to hear. We're not going
1: to ask the tough questions. I think we would Probably ask, the we'll tough, ask the tough, <laughs> We don't care. We will ask the tough questions on that one. So, Mike, let's break this down. Why do you throw we got 40 pitches and 70 the next day? What are, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> All right, so let's, let's look like at travel ball coaches. So, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, he did learn from Skip Burtman, okay? You know what? That's actually an interesting point. Because Burtman never met an arm he wouldn't overthrow. Lame ass to pay. Oh, man. I think, well, Ben McDonald. Yeah. I now, mean, this is not
0: a knock. It was just the game of baseball at that time. I mean, we, Ron Polk now. Ron Polk will throw a guy. I mean, it, it, hey, Eric DeBose, okay? I mean, pitched a complete game on a Thursday and then a complete game on a Monday. Well, at least that was a regional. Well, it, well, it was a regional. <laughs> Skip Burtman I was doing this on Tuesday and Thursday nights. say. <laughs> Um. So we look at our pitcher of the weekend, uh, brought to you by our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. I think without doubt our pitcher of the weekend. Who you going with? I'm saying Casey Hunt, man. Just what he did. Uh, I mean, I say Casey, but let me tell you this, man. I thought that I thought Preston Johnson, you know, giving up the three home runs in a row in the first inning and then being able to come back and throw up zeros on the board. I thought that was massive. And so, who's your pitcher of the
1: weekend? Jackson Fristo. Really? He went hey, I'm in, down he, with that. Yeah, so he goes an inning and a third in the loss. Doesn't allow earned run, doesn't allow a run at all. But he comes back in that game. The two innings that he gave us, just one hit, struck out two, doesn't allow a run, pitched around a double. I thought getting those two innings in that game was a big deal. And so why do I focus on that game? Because that's the game that won the series for you. Well, he
0: threw 19 pitches in the Thursday game, and then he comes back and throws 35 in the Sunday game, or the Saturday game, game three. Thank goodness we're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend. And it kind of gets back to what we think about it, game one on Friday. I can go with that. Jackson Fristo, Hey, you know, i I go back to Casey Hunt, what he did, faced eight batters, two and two-thirds of work, man. He just sh- shut everybody down. Three ground outs, three flyouts. He pitched a contact. He struck out two. Casey Hunt. Cade Smith went five and a third, gave up four runs, four hits, six strikeouts. The walk's beginning to creep up a little bit for Cade right now over the past couple weeks. Uh, Preston Johnson, five innings, four runs, nine hits, eight strikeouts, three walks, all four runs, solo home runs. Jackson Fristo.
1: He's your guy, man.
0: Okay. Okay, I can go with that. I'll go with that. So, Jackson Fristo, our pitcher of the weekend, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing right here in the state of Mississippi. You just can't beat the Country Pleasing at the ballpark. Just great people, great customer service, and it's the best product. It's the best sausage out there. Known to man. And so, I put some Country Pleasing on the grill last night when I got in. And, hey, you went to the Braves-Marlins game, right? So, you went to the Braves game is what you were saying?
1: No, the Marlins game. What's yes. The Marlins game. Saw our friend Marcus Timms. How was uh, how was those slick? Man, great. And so it was really cool got to sit down and just talk hitting a little while, talk pitching a little while, talk patterns in guys that like to start you off with breaking pitches. Guys, you, it's so cool how far down they drill in major league baseball on the data. And it's not far off in the SEC right now cuz you got armies of guys just figure it out. But there aren't many secrets anymore. I still
0: don't figure out. I still can't figure out why, if you drill down as much as you drill down in analytics, why Ole Miss threw Columbus to 2-2 two, two fastball on Friday night. That just, makes sense. I can't I can't figure that out. How was the ballpark? Have you been to the ballpark? that's amazing. Is that the first time you've been to the ballpark? It is
1: the first time. And I thought the thing that the Braves did really well is they learned from everybody who'd gone before them. And – And, again, I'm saying this as a guy who is not an Atlanta Braves fan at all. I mean, I'm not antagonistic towards them. I just don't. No, I'm not going to make fun of them. I just don't care. It's not that I don't like, dislike. They're just there. That stadium, though, is I think – I'm struggling to think of one that I like better, to be honest with you. Now, I have not been to the new stadium in Texas, so can't compare. But the thing they did a really good job of, you go out in right field, there's plenty of places to stand – and they've got they've got a lot of entertainment venues within that stadium. It's I like it I like it a lot. I love what they've done with the area down there. If I were from Atlanta, I'd be really proud of that entire development. So just talking to Major League guys,
0: they always talk about how they've done as good a job with visiting clubhouse as anybody in a league in Atlanta. And and you mentioned a moment you just mentioned about being able to go out and stand. To be to me, I have a tough time sitting in a seat. And just because of what we do, I don't. I think I've just, a, you know, been accustomed now to not sitting in a seat in a game, and, and just watching a game. And so I went to Chicago. I, I grew up a Cubs fan, and you talk about being beat down your entire life. A Saints fan and a Cubs fan. I've been beaten, okay. And I took my daughter up there, and that's one of the things about Wrigley is there really aren't a whole lot of places to just stand and watch the game. You got to sit in your seat. And so everybody sits in their seat, but they have added, they've added a ton of seats in the outfield. They almost doubled the size of the out of the of the bleachers in the outfield. But they've got one area out in left field, right in the corner, where just a few people will go and stand. And I found that area. We stood there for about three or four innings the other day, and they beat the Pirates twenty-one to nothing. Thank goodness. Thank goodness Chris Stratton didn't pitch. Neither did did, did Bednar.
1: Yeah, he came back and pitched yesterday.
0: Right, came back and pitched yesterday. And so I'd say going to major league ballparks and just seeing what other people do at big venues, you see two things. One is is how much money it takes to do some of the stuff they do. I mean, they put a QR code on the back of it, the chair in front of you so you can order from your seat. You can order right there and go down and pick it up at the concession stand, and they'll bring it to your seat, whatever, any seat in the ballpark. But, man, knowing what we know, the Wi-Fi that you have to have in the stadium and the infrastructure you have to have in the stadium and the millions of dollars you have to have in capacity to do that is unbelievable. But, anyway, I enjoyed it. It was good to get away for a weekend and go up there and watch watch a ball game.
1: Next time I go, I'm leaving my phone at home. Are you really? Yeah.
0: Why? Because were people bothering you or were people – or were you just watching the game, watching our game?
1: Well, I was watching the game, and that kept me in some degree of angst. But I would have been with or without the phone. But there's just something about being away that tends to make people want things from you.
0: I was in. a I spoke to a class this morning. Uh, Giles Lindley, who used to be the pastor at the First United Methodist Church here in Startville, uh, teaches a class in communications. And it's the interviewing. It's the old interviewing class that Hank Flick used to teach. And Giles, and Giles Lindley teaches it now and so you have people that ask you questions and that was one of the questions and I went to, and spoke of that class this morning and that was one, one of the questions I had was when you're broadcasting a game do you ever get distracted? Uh, do you put your phone up and not watch it look, look at your phone or is it is it quiet in the booth when you're <laughs> broadcasting? and um, and I and start talking about my text groups and about texting everybody while you're broadcasting the game and uh, you know and it is it too it's it's your son who's 11 sending you a text and saying hey i can't find my, my catcher's mitt or you know your wife saying hey i can't find the milk where is sims's shoes and you're doing all of that while you're broadcasting the ball game and so we would kind of look at each other every night and saying, how what are, what are we doing here it's ultimate craziness when you're trying to broadcast
1: a ball game well i'm appalled um I would like to think you're a little more professional than that, but I would never do such a thing.
0: What? You're in half the text groups that I'm in. So and, I, I don't respond.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. You respond well. more than I do.
0: All right, uh, all right, Charlie. So, this week, tomorrow night, we play Ole Miss down in Pearl, and then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday up in uh, in
1: Columbia. Hey, whatever your expectations, if you're going on the road, whatever your expectations are, for the venue at which you would be watching these games this weekend. Lower them. Yeah. Lower them. One of the challenges – and look, there's some really good people at Missouri. Missouri, I think, as a whole, is a school that's going to have to do more for its facilities if it's going to keep up in the SEC. I won't even say if it's going to keep up, if it's going to catch up in the SEC. Baseball facility – you know, basketball's okay. The football facility's not great. I still go back. That's the one addition to the SEC that I don't understand. And it's almost like Missouri people don't fully understand either. You know, Texas A&M, when they came into the SEC, they spiked the football on Texas over and over. When we went out there for a football game in one of their first years, every ad on the Jumbotron, first of all, they have far fewer ads than we do. It's not this all-out just assault on your senses while you're trying to watch a game. But that SEC logo was up there Everywhere. the whole game. It just never felt to me like Missouri embraced that. Yeah, I don't know
0: if they want to be here or not. I it's mean, a, they like it in, a strange fit. in May when you get that check. so
1: Helps everybody's attitude, doesn't it? It
0: does. But, uh, you know, you go back to when we added them, it was all about TV sets. It, was, it, it, was, it wasn't about streaming. It was about TV and the markets of St. Louis, about Kansas City and – uh, but man, they ha- they have the not- metrics have changed. Yeah, the metrics have changed completely. Um, but they have not embraced. Now they've had some good guys come through there. Max Scherzer,
1: Ian Kinsler. Didn't Scherzer play there? I think so. And then uh, Tanner Hall. That's right. I mean, they've had some good players. Where's he now? Red Sox, right? Any in, in Boston? Yes. He was. You remember he came out here and pitched really well. Very well. Very well. He well. was a big time guy. Yeah, so I'm I'm not anti Missouri. Like I have nothing Vegetables on you, man. Yeah, that's right. I have nothing to say for or against. They're just kinda of there. And they need to be there for a sweep this weekend because although the intensity is not there the way it is this weekend, look, it's important. We gotta we gotta start start carding some wins. Go up there and sweep. You're above five hundred in the league. You
0: just can't can't get swept. Can't lose two out of three either. So all right, Charlie, let's get out of here. We'll have a big week coming up for you this week. State wins two out of three on the road at Ole Miss. And once again, thanks to our great sponsors on the Monday show. Uh, before we go, let's look at the league real quick. Tennessee sweeping at Florida. Tennessee now 17-1. and one. Georgia, big weekend on the road at Alabama this weekend. Georgia's now 11-7. and seven. Vandy is 9-9. Nine and nine. And then you've got three teams at six and twelve. Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri at five and thirteen in the league over in the East. And our side on the West, you've got Arkansas at twelve and six. They lost two out of three this weekend at Texas A and M. Auburn sweeping South Carolina at home has crawled within one game of Arkansas at the top of the West. LSU's a ten and eight. AM now 10 and 8. Bama's at 9 and 9. We're 8 and 10. And then Ole Miss now at 6 and 12 in the SEC. For our great sponsors, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Our good friends at Heartland Catfish. And once again, go to Taylor Grocery in Taylor, Mississippi. They've got that great catfish in Taylor. Country Please and Sausage and Country Meat Packers. Just fantastic people. It's a great product. And then our good friends at BankFirst, BankFirstFS.com, for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys listening to us here on the Monday show.